0: We all know we will eventually need to document all of our processes and procedures. This can feel like one of the most daunting and seemingly massive projects we will ever take on. But it doesn't have to be like that. It can actually be quite simple, even easy, and take way less time than we think. How? Stay tuned to find out. Running a service business can be hard. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So meet Grady, a 29-year-old owner of a construction company. Like many business owners, he knows that he eventually is going to have to get all of his critical processes Documented as procedures. Not only will this, these procedures serve as quality controls, which will allow him more freedom to step away and do other things he enjoys as his company grows, will allow him to take those four day weekends and still ensure that things are being done the way he wants them to, but they will also increase the value of his company tremendously. Grady estimates, and I would agree, that on his $8 million per year company, it would be worth about 25% more if he has all of his processes documented as procedures than if he doesn't have any. Why? Because nobody wants to buy a job. No, even though it's your baby and you created this company, when you go to sell it, people want to buy a money printing machine. They do not want to buy a 60 hour week commitment. It's really critical we understand that our company, as much as we love it, and it's our baby, is not an exception here. But for Grady, selling his company isn't the priority right now. He just wants to be able to take some time off and enjoy the summers more. He enjoys boating. He enjoys hiking. He enjoys camping. But he's put in the 80-hour weeks, and now he has a leadership team that he, can help him shoulder some of the burdens of running the company. But he needs that extra piece. He needs the, the leadership team to have reliable procedures to rely on so it's not just them picking, the employees don't feel like the leadership team is just picking them apart when they were doing something wrong, they can point to procedures that are not being followed and have real hopes of having these things followed so that Grady can go out and enjoy his time without worrying about what's going on while he's gone. But here's Grady's problem. Creating procedures for every critical operation is going to take forever, so he says. It's just such a massive problem. Can't I pay just someone like 10 grand to come in and do it for me, he asked. No, <laughs> It's a much much bigger project than that. If you could get it done on, on an eight million dollar year company, if you could pay somebody ten grand, I would probably not trust that it was done right. To have all of your procedures documented, uh, maybe you know somebody that I don't that could do it for that kind of price. I don't I don't know anybody who would do it for that size of a company uh, and charge that little. But anyhow, that's not what Grady wanted to hear. He says I couldn't even get it done for ten grand. This is even bigger than I thought. It's going to take forever. So he waits and waits and procrastinates and stalls. Five years later, Grady's talking about getting his procedures documented. Grady now has more free time than ever. And the last thing he wants to do is spend his time at the office, pounding out on the keyboard, writing procedures. Because it's an, an obnoxiously tedious task. If you were to try to just sit down and do this and just commit to it for six months or whatever it would take you to do this on your own, it would be extremely tedious. I When I first got into when I left my blue collar job a million years ago when I was in the steel industry, my first white collar job, uh, so to speak, was um, in the quality arena. And I literally spent a year writing procedures and I will never do that again. I enjoy procedures and I enjoy writing that kind of stuff, but I would not do it for a year straight like that again. That was extremely tedious. And when we have time as a business owner to do this stuff, I don't know. Riding your motorcycle is way more fun. Going skiing is way more fun. Taking your wife on a four day weekend is way more fun. And so if you, there's not a compelling reason to do these things right now. That's the thing with when it's time to write procedures and you have the time to do it. It's tedious. It's boring. You would rather be doing other things. And there's no compelling reason to get this done today. It can always be done tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. That's the problem with procedures. So Grady's problem, though, was he was thinking he had to like sit down himself literally and just pound these things out. And so it occurred to me, I was like, wait a second, you think you actually have to do this yourself? And he says, well, yeah, isn't that how it works? I said, well, I guess you could do it that way. I don't know why you would want to, though. I explained to Grady is all you have to do is learn how to write procedures well enough to identify if they're done correctly or not, which is probably going to take you around writing, let's say, five to ten procedures that you would write yourself to get a handle on this. And then once you know how to write them and how to identify if they're done correctly or not, then you can turn this task for your team and you will just approve them. And the look on his face was priceless. Well, if I had known that, he says, I would have started five years ago and I'd be done by now. And I said, yeah, I know. you're right. <laughs> we were talking about this five years ago. Uh, anyhow, what does this actually look like? So as I said, the business owner needs to be proficient in writing procedures, uh, at least enough to understand when they're done correctly and when they're not. So this is where most business owners make a critical mistake. They either think they have to do it all themselves or they think they don't need to know any part of it. And they delegate the whole project. Well, neither is correct. In my opinion, if you plan to do it all yourself, it's extremely unlikely it's ever going to get done. Like I said, by the time you have the time to do this, you will not want to be spending your time at the office writing procedures. You're going to want to come in, check on things, and bounce. That's just the reality of it. On the other hand, if you delegate this whole project and you don't take the time to learn how to spot good procedures from bad and how to make corrections to non-functional procedures to make them useful, you could end up with procedures that are so poorly written and and not correlating to each other well so that they're not functional, which means best case scenario, they're not followed and they're useless. And we're sending the message to the team that procedures are not really to be followed. And improvisation is not only tolerated, but necessary. That's best case scenario. Worst case scenario, they are followed and people are throwing their hands up and saying things like, I know this is dumb, but I'm just doing what I'm told. And we've all seen that as employees. We've all seen that play out for me, at least before I was a business owner, I definitely saw that play out where people said, yep, this is this is ridiculous, but this is what they tell us to do and they don't listen to us. So this is what we do. And that, in my opinion, is a worst case scenario than people it, it just it, flat out ignoring them. Both of them are bad. You know, people having procedures that they know they can't follow because they don't function. What's the point of having them? And we it's not like we can... Sell this to the prospective buyer someday and say, oh, yeah, we got our stuff documented. They're going to ask questions. They're going to they're gonna ask to see them. And when they see them, they're going to know that they're, they're bogus. So this is one of those areas I really strike, strongly recommend we aim for balance. We have to be able to know without a doubt what a functional procedure looks like, when they're going to work, when they're not going to work, what makes them useful, what makes them useless. We have to have a feel for how we want them written. How specific are you going to be? How much latitude are you going to offer? What's the tone of the language? It's not reasonable to expect to have five different people writing procedures all using their own flair and their own tone and their own perception of what really matters and their own expectation of the detail and expect them to work seamlessly together without some kind of unifying framework. And we have to, as a business owner, we have to be that unifying framework. We have to explain the tone we want, the language we want, the latitude we want, the specificity we want, all these things. We have to teach that to people so that they're all congruent and they all are speaking in the same kind of language. You can't have a procedure written by somebody who is kind of loosey-goosey on things and then have another one written by somebody who's really tight as nails on things and expect people to just follow along. It's not going to work that way. So once we know how to write them, we can delegate writing to the rest of our managers, leaders, and experienced personnel. And here's the beauty of it. Once they know how to do it, once our managers and leaders know how to spot a good procedure and what makes them work and what makes them not functional, they can delegate the stuff to the frontline employees who are actually doing the work. And this is often the best case scenario. Almost always the best person to write the procedure is the one who's doing the work today because there's probably details and nuances we've forgotten. It's been you know several years maybe since you've done this job that this procedure relates to. The process has probably changed some. And you may not even know this changed some. That's a fun thing to find out when you're the business owner one day and you walk in and you have to fill a role for somebody for whatever reason, or you just want to pop in and, you know, hang with the team for the day and you think you're helping out. They're like, "Uh, that's not how we do it anymore. (laughs) You're like, what? What do you mean that's not how we do it anymore? When did that change? You know, five years ago. Oh, okay. Well, that's great. (laughs) Point is, oftentimes the people doing the job are the best ones to write that, but we have to do this in the right way. We have to learn how to write the procedure. Delegate to the manager. Let them get good at it. Then they can delegate to the people who are doing the work, which is, again, almost always the best way. By the way, people are way more likely to follow procedures they write than somebody else. So that's another reason it's really good for the frontline people to be doing this stuff. Anyhow, if you've been listening to me for a while, you probably heard me say that I don't think procedures is one of the things we should just get going and make imperfect progress with. We've talked about, you know, you've heard, you know, for many things in business, just get going. Imperfect progress is better than no progress, and I agree with that in in many, many cases. In the case of procedures, though, I don't agree with that. We need this to be right. There are plenty of things we can just get going on and make clunky, clumsy progress with. In my opinion, this is not one of them. I don't think it's helpful to establish procedures with the prevailing thought that they're just a work in process and should not be taken literally. Literally following procedures is the point of having procedures. So, and getting the team to unlearn that thought process—that these are not literal, they're works in progress. Yeah, you, know, you kind of follow them sometimes. You'll learn which ones, to, you know, they're training the new person. You'll learn which ones to follow and which ones not to. If that's the prevailing thought, that is exceedingly difficult to untrain. It's really hard to get people to unlearn that thought process. It's way easier to just out of the gate. This is the procedure. It's 100% accurate. We follow it to the letter. That is the point of the procedure. So. Rather than, you know, taking a wide swath and just getting a bunch of them done just for the sake of getting them done, start with a couple, get them right, learn why they work, and then go on to more. I would not suggest just pounding out 10, 20, or 50 right away. I would not call that progress. It's only progress if they work. It, and they only work if they're accurate. So this is really critical to understand that, that procedures that are documentation that's not accurate is not a procedure. It's, it's a a liability, not an asset. So, yeah, you know, once we've trained, uh, we have people in place who can write them and we have them trained and we're prepared to, c- to uh, commit the time to go over them and make sure that they work. We just kind of check them. Yep. This makes sense. Yes. It's in, it's in alignment with how we write the other things. It's much lighter lifting than writing every single one ourselves. We can put together a plan of having them these procedures regularly created by our managers, leaders, and or frontline staff. So for example, if we have three managers writing one procedure a month, let's say you have three to put, you have an uh, office manager, a safety manager, and operations managers. Just throw out like random, these are likely to you know, be, be ones you have. Office manager, operations manager, safety manager. You have three managers. If each person, each manager is writing one procedure a month, that's almost 50 in a year. If you have four employees, let's say, okay, we're past the point of having managers do it. Now we're having frontline employees do it. If you have four employees writing one procedure per week, that's 200 in a year. I mean, that's that's serious. That's a, that's a magnificent pace for getting this stuff done. So whatever pace makes sense for you is going to be much faster and easier than you doing it on your own. And by the way, it'll actually get done. So uh, before we continue, I'm sure that each of you listening right now belongs to some kind of industry association. Maybe it's the Texas Bookkeeping Association or the California's chapter of the Automotive Service Association, whatever. If you are, you probably know that it can be really difficult finding qualified speakers who have real life experience talking about the things we discuss here and can speak to things that really help you in your business. I speak at those kind of meetings on a regular basis. If you're looking for a speaker for your monthly Zoom meeting or you want a keynote speaker for your annual conference or you want somebody to prepare and run an all day workshop, I'm ready to help. Just go to my website, www.serviceindustrysuccess.com, and click on the button at the top that says book Brian to speak. So that's serviceindustrysuccess.com. Click on the button that says book Brian to speak. So as I said, the business owner needs to be proficient in writing procedures, at least well enough to understand when they're done correctly and when they're not. We have to have balance here. This is where the critical mistake is almost always made. Business owners either think they they fall into two extreme camps, neither of which is correct. They either think I have to do all this myself and I have to write every single one of these things done. I have to write every single one of these procedures myself. Or they think, ah, I can just have somebody else take care of all that and I don't have to be part of any of this. (laughs) And neither one of those is correct. If you plan to do it all yourself, it's extremely, extremely unlikely you're ever going to get it done. Again, by the time you have the time to do this, you will not want to be spending your time writing procedures. You will want to be doing golfing trips or camping trips or uh, Tuesday afternoon on the boat. Like by the time you have the time to do this, you will not want to be doing this tedious project. On the other hand, if you delegate the whole project and don't take the time to learn how to spot good procedures from bad and how to make corrections to non-functional procedures to make them useful, you could end up with a whole lot of procedures, a whole book of procedures are so poorly written that they're not functional, which means again, best case scenario, they're not followed and they're useless. And the team tell, uh, and, and, and we're telling the team that procedures are not really to be followed, but improvisation is not only tolerated but necessary, which is, again, it's the, it's the opposite of what we're trying to accomplish here. That's the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is they are followed, and people throw, throw their hands up and say, I know this is ridiculous, but we're just doing what we're told because they don't listen to us. And again, I've seen that play out. I'm sure you have too. It is not productive. So we need to aim for balance. We need to know without a doubt what a functional procedure looks like. I have, there's other podcasts I've done on this where I talk about the six things that are needed in a podcast, who, what, when, where, why, and how there's a whole podcast, a couple of them probably on how to write procedures. Check those out. Those are great guides for you, but you need to have a feel for how you want them written. You cannot expect five people, five, three or five different people, all managers or whoever writing these procedures using their own flair and their own tone and their own perception of what level of detail matters and things that are really important and whatever, and expect them to work seamlessly together. You are the unifying framework. You understand the core values better than anybody. You understand how the customers make decisions. You understand what makes your culture special. You, you're teaching this stuff to your employees, and especially your leadership team, but you're always a little more advanced than they are in this stuff. You have to be the unifying um, source to keep all these things working in line with each other. So once we know how to write them, we can delegate writing to the rest of our managers and leaders and experienced personnel. And once our managers and leaders know how to do it, and they know how to spot a really good procedure, they can tell what works and what doesn't. And they can tell you how to fix them and what, and what makes them functional and not functional. And when there's a problem, how to fix it, then they can delegate the work to the frontline employees, which is almost always the best case scenario. And there, again, there's probably details and nuances we've forgotten, which would make the procedure incorrect if we wrote them. So if if I write the first couple Almost always, I can guarantee you're going to take it to the, to the employee doing the work and they go, yeah, we don't do it that way anymore. Almost always, I can guarantee that's going to happen. But that's OK. We learn. It's perfect. If you've been listening to me for a while, you've heard me say that procedure is not one of the things we should just make imperfect progress with. There's plenty of things that we should. This is not one of them. We have to get this right. Procedures have to be right. There's tons of things we can make clumsy progress on. This is not one of them. Uh, I don't think it's helpful to establish procedures with the prevailing thought that they're a work in progress and should not be taken literally. They need to be taken literally. That's the entire process or point of the process, procedures being written is they need to be taken literally. Getting the team to unlearn that thought is super difficult. Just trust me on that. It's really hard to get people to unlearn the idea that procedures are not to be followed every single time. Um, and once we have people in place who can write them and we're prepared to commit to time for us just to go over them, check them, they like, they, they send them to us via email or bring us a hard copy and we go over them together, which doesn't take very long. That's much lighter lifting than writing all the procedures ourselves. And we can start to put together a plan of having them regularly created. Like I will tell my managers, part of your job is once a month, you're going to write a procedure. Either it's the most important things we do in your department, or it's the easiest ones for you to get your hands on how to do this. It doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever works for you and your company is the right answer. Sometimes you're gonna say, we've made this mistake so many times, we need to get a procedure on this. That's where we're gonna start. That makes perfect sense. Sometimes it's like, hey, we got 50 procedures right in this department. Let's just start with the easiest ones and, and get the hang of it and then we'll work up to the more complex ones. That's fine too. In any case, if you have three managers right, we want procedure a month, that's almost 50 in a year. I mean, you're not gonna have 25,000 25, of these things. I mean, 50 in a year, that's, that's massive progress. That's, that's phenomenal. And if you had four employees writing one a week, that's 200 in a year. I mean, you would have this done in a, in a couple years. Whatever makes sense to you is going to be much faster than you thinking you have to do all this stuff on your own. Plus, again, it'll actually get done because if it's up to you to do it as a business owner, when you have time to do this, it's just not going to happen. Uh, okay, so don't forget, if you're looking for a speaker for your monthly meeting or an annual conference or an all-day workshop, I'm available. I'm your guy. ServiceIndustrySuccess.com. Click on the button that says Book Brian to Speak. Also, please share this podcast with a friend or colleague who's a business owner in a service industry. Help us keep growing this thing. The the ratings this month are are absolutely like almost literally off the charts. Thank you very much for sharing it. I really appreciate that. Uh, Give us a rating review, especially if you're on Spotify. We don't have any reviews that. That would be awesome if we can get one there. And uh, that's it for this week. And I'll see you all next week.